Welcome to the Lucky Titan Podcast. Here you will learn how to fill your favorite platform with tons of your dream customers from some of the world's top entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Josh Tapp. Now let's get started. What's up, everybody? Josh Tapp here again, and welcome back to the Lucky Titan Podcast. Today, we've got Nir Bashan on the mic, and today, Nir and I are going to be talking about something that's really unique. Um, we're talking about creativity, and I liked the, the tagline you used. It was, you know, creativity wears a suit. So I actually honestly thought Nir was going to show up today in a suit, which made me nervous because I'm not a suit guy. So yeah, I'm usually in a suit. <laughs> and neither is today. This is great. <laughs> um, but we're, we're going to talk about that today. So Nir, say what's up to everybody and tell us something about yourself that most people don't know. Hi, everyone. Uh, good to be here. Thanks, Josh. This is awesome. Um, I listened to the last episode uh, and it was it was really helpful. I like how you guys are, you know, focused on actionable items. That's awesome. And uh, really good to be here with your uh, with your listeners. Thank you, man. Glad to have you here. Yeah. Um, okay. So something people don't know about me. Um, I've got eight toes. Eight toes. I've got eight toes. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. I've got eight toes. I don't know if you're an office guy or not, but uh, the office, the TV show, they've got the guy, he's some kids come into their office and he's, he's like, kids, you want to see a foot with four toes? <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. And I totally yeah. just saw that like right before this interview. So that Oh, how funny. Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I remember <laughs> that show. It's a good one. Yeah. I've got eight toes, dude. Um, it's weird. Cause my, uh, my in the, I mean, you, you, we, nobody wants to talk about my feet, right? That's hey, so I do. Gross. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's talk about feet. Um, my, uh, my, the, the toe next to the big one and the next one over are stuck together. I mean, uh, that, it's not, I have 10 toes, but like, if you look down, it's, uh, it looks like there's eight. It's, it's pretty funny. Like when I go, I don't know, for like my annual checkup with the doctor, which I do like every five years, which I do not <laughs> advise, do not recommend. Go do your, your checkups, everyone. Um, but yeah, I go and, and they're always like, okay, let's look at your feet and stuff. They're like, oh, oh, this is interesting. You know? <laughs> like, do you um, want surgery? And you're like, mm, nah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's my, uh, that's my uh, little tidbit. That is hilarious. Well, that's a good one. That breaks the ice, right? That's it's the whole funny. point of that question. <laughs> well, Nir, so let's let's delve now into because I am genuinely curious about what you mean by creativity wears a suit. So give us a little bit of background on that and what you mean when you say that. For real, Josh, though, um, for me, creativity is not your, you know, the stuff of the artist, right? It's not a painting or learning how to play an instrument or, you know, standing on the corner in like a beret and like talking about Shakespeare and quoting, you know, great poetry and stuff like that. For me, creativity is a series of actionable items, 92 of them, in fact, that allow you to um, extract value from your product or service in your business and are sort of disciplines, um, creativity, the discipline that I can teach people how to do, um, in order to, you know, maximize their profits and get better sales and all kinds of things. I'm, I do quite a bit of consulting. I do quite a bit of speaking on it. And what I really want people to learn is that anybody can be creative. It just takes the will to learn how to do it. See, and that's really interesting. So, you know, one of my initial thoughts when you say that is like, there's, we always talk about the science and the art, and I think we kind of bucket them that way, but you're talking about 
saying, hey, there's, there's a science to having an art. <laughs> no doubt. There's a science, to, there's a, a reason for the season. You know what I mean? So right. what, you know, listen, I, I've been a serial entrepreneur my whole life. I've had, I started my first company when I was nine years old. I've had a Hollywood production company, which I like crashed and burned with. I mean, you know, I've done a bunch of things right and a bunch of things wrong. I would say more wrong than, than right, but uh, moving on. Uh, so <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, I've, I've learned, I've looked around me and I've learned that people are doing well, no matter what business it was. I, I had a furniture refinishing business for a while. Like, really? Um, it, we made good money, uh, but it, it's like, no matter what I did, I looked around and I saw that the people who were successful, Josh, were the ones that were most creative and the ones that, that weren't successful weren't creative. And so I went around asking all the people who were creative, my friends, colleagues, people I didn't know, authors who, you know, I'd read their book and I'd be like, yeah, cool. And I'd email them. I'd be like, hey, this is a great book. How do I become, you know, creative? You talk a lot about the why I should be creative, but there's nothing in the book about how. And nobody was talking. Nobody would tell me what the secret of creativity was. So, you know, working throughout my career, getting it wrong more than right. Uh, teaching, you know, graduate school and undergrad and stuff like that. And just, you know, starting up businesses and having them fail over and over and over again um, has kind of taught me to codify creativity. And I started writing down notes um, and, you know, 10, 10 plus years of notes. And I have now a book coming out in August, uh, August 4th by McGraw-Hill Business called The Creator Mindset. And it's basically my notes of how anybody can be creative. See, and that's really cool. And, and one of the things that, you know, really stands out to me about your message is it's really kind of against the paradigm, right? And, yes. and you're speaking to my soul on this one because I am not naturally a creative person. Right. Uh, I've had to become one yeah, as an entrepreneur, right? Because growing up, you know, they'd hand me like a paintbrush or colored pencil or something. I was the kid in kindergarten. I actually have a vivid memory of this. My teacher would get mad at me because she's like, okay, you have to color this before you can go to recess. So I would grab three crayons and go whoosh, whip it over yeah. it and it'd be done. And then yeah. she'd make me do it again. Right. And, and so like, I'm not really an artistic person, but when it comes to business, I found that that's a place I can be creative in. And so let's talk a little bit about I guess the impact that that has on entrepreneurship, because a lot of people might even say, hey, I am creative, but they don't really know how to channel that creativity. Totally. So what, what ends up happening is, right, we, like, like your example, we're kids and we're creative. Uh, I, 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 you know, talk about that in the book quite a bit about how children are creative and then we lose it. Um, your kindergarten teacher, it wasn't in, encouraging creativity. She was like, get out there and play. And, you know, you painted the tree with three colors and she was like, that's not a tree. Colors aren't blue, green, and black. They're, you know, they're just green. And then you kind of get beaten down through life thinking, you know, grad school and undergrad and, you know, you graduate, you, you finish the military, you're out looking for a job and you're so well versed in analytics that you forget your creativity. And so you start a business and you're like, you know, cool, I'm here, I'm ready to start this business or I'm going to work for someone else in some career that you're interested in. And all of a sudden you discover that you're only relying on the analytics that you've learned. But of course you are. What else would you rely on? And I, I got kind of tired of that. You know, I think that that we ought to change it. So I looked around and I, I tried to find material. I asked people, like I, I told you earlier, I tried to find books 
books. There are no books out there right now on the market, none, that teach you the how of creativity. Everybody teaches you why you should be creative, but nobody says, okay, Josh, these are the things you need to do. 92 prescriptive tools about how to actually start being creative in your business and, and to move forward. So what I find that happens, and I don't know, Josh, maybe, maybe you've seen this too, but I think that people, entrepreneurs especially, have some success at some point. Okay. So, right. So somebody pays you for something and you're like, dude, I have arrived. Like, yes, <laughs> this is, I'm good. And, um, I'm done. I'm done. I'm good. And I'm done. Um, and you kind of like rest on that little molehill because it's bringing in some money, right? You have hopefully some, uh, profit model that you can generate from that revenue. And, you know, you kind of like protect it, especially entrepreneurs, you protect it. You're like, nope, this is my little thing. I don't want to change it. No, no changing it, you know, and you kind of love it and you pet it and you give it little, little kisses and stuff like that. And it's your own little, it's perfect. Right. The problem is, <laughs> is that things change, right? The market changes, conditions change. Look at us. We're in the middle of a horrible pandemic right now. Who would have predicted that in you know, February, in January, in December of last year. Nobody. I mean, you know, it just came from nowhere. And here you are with your little thing and you love it. You love that little thing. You, you pet it. You kiss it. Right? And all of a sudden, there's all this change going on and you don't know what to do. You hold on even tighter to what you've done instead of going, let's get creative and start to talk about how I can change this business model into something that is adaptable for the environment that I'm in. Yeah. And that, yeah, <laughs> I, I know I fall into that a lot. You know, I think you said like, we, we me kind of, too, we, <laughs> we, we call our businesses, our babies, right? Because we put just every last bit of love we have into them. And it's really hard to make those quote unquote pivots. But I, I've actually been really thinking about this topic a lot recently. So this is a good, this is a good thing to be talking about here. But you know, you're talking about having that, I guess, malleability or that ability to, to change or to mold what you're doing. And this is a, a genuine question I have for you because a lot of, a lot of the times when I run into, I guess, roadblocks, right. In our company, yep. One of my natural instincts is to say, okay, we need to do like a 180 degree turn, right? We need to completely change our product offering and everything. Do you recommend that people should be doing huge transitions like that? Or is it just adjusting your processes or, or how does that work? You know, it's a, it's a very good question. And I get that, that one quite a bit. Um, it, you know, so you're, you're on, you're, you're completely on the mark. What, what, what I recommend is I have a process. I, I started in chapter four of the book. We moved it up, 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 up. I think it starts on like page 40. So you can even skip the first 40 pages. I didn't say that McGraw. I did not say that. You can skip the first 40 pages and start there if you want. Um, but yeah, exactly. But basically, um, it, it literally explains to you, you know, how to fit your business, your product or your service in a sector right? And how to think and create ideas that are around it. Sometimes, Josh, you have to make extremely subtle tweaks where you are only changing things creatively in very, very small increment. Sometimes the next level up, that's what I call the executionary level of thinking, uh, where most businesses live, by the way. Then the step up from that is the idea section, and that is more profound shifts. Those are monumental sort of 
you know, bigger, bigger shifts and bigger ideas that you can do um, more like 90 degrees than 180s. And then the top level is what I call the concept. The concept is the 180 shift. I highly recommend that you and everyone listening, please try the Uh, executionary thinking, the little tweaks first. Because what you want to do is you want to preserve what has bought in that revenue and you want to add value to different products and services around it. And and that's the key. And when you tweak on that level, you should be okay, at least for a little while. But you might also have to go up to the concept level to have some 90 degree churns to really help that product. And if you're really, really kind of in need of a dramatic shift, you go up to the conceptual level where you really change the, the conceptual meaning of your product and service. See, and that's really intriguing because I, I know like in our business, we've done all of the above, right? Where you go from completely, like we've completely scrapped an entire company and started over or we yep. just changed a little bit of process because I know during the, the coronavirus, especially, right? This, this whole it's really funny to watch how many companies are just giving up. They're just yeah. shutting their doors. And you're like, I mean, right now, there's so many companies doing that. The competitive advantage is that you're the one who holds out and who makes right. strategic um, changes. I know for right. us, like we've had a more profitable quarter than in any year past because every, all of our competition's like, nope, I'm done. Nope, I'm done. And everybody's coming to us. Isn't that amazing? And in in crisis like this, it's actually, uh, um, I'm working with my book agent right now on the next book. And I think it might be creativity in crisis because in crisis times like these, um, the opportunity to be creative and to think about different ideas and different opportunities and different markets, different products and services that you can offer even within your, your sector become amazingly powerful. And I think the reason why you see those people giving up, um, Josh, is because they aren't creative. Um, I think that you, sir, have that element of creativity. You have an impressive business. I've looked you up online. You're, there's some really cool uh, and important things that you're doing. But you're in touch with sort of some of that creativity. You're not the norm, Josh. You're less than 1% of 1% of people out there. And yeah, sometimes that. it just takes a bit of a different approach, looking at something just a bit differently to help you persevere and even thrive through crisis. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, you know, this is a really good time for us to be talking about this and, you know, just because of the situation nowadays, but, you know, with all of that in perspective and understanding that creativity really is truly important. I know you have 92 different pieces. So my question to you, I, I know when I hear 92 that like, whoa, that's overwhelming to me, but it, what you're telling me really is you don't have to apply all 92. There's just 92 different options. 92 different options. Yeah. After seven years of writing the book, I've come up with quite a bit. <laughs> Cause a lot of people are like, here are the three things. Cause nobody can consume more than three. So <laughs> <laughs> the, the human, uh, I totally. Yes. Right. <laughs> so, totally. Yeah. That's why I wrote a book. <laughs> it helps you. And this is what's funny. A lot of authors I talk to, they're like, I just had to write the book so I could get it out of my head and I could refer to it at times. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I know that, I mean, I haven't written a book, but I do the same thing with podcasts and stuff. Like if I have something on top of my mind, I have to put it down so I can you have to get it out. <laughs> um, so question for you though. Yeah. You know, we're coming up to the end of the interview already, which is crazy, but what are, I mean, if you could choose three of those 92 that you feel like 
every business should be applying like right now, what yes. would those be? Okay, so one of them would be the importance of the little victory, okay? I cannot stress enough how many businesses out there that I've consulted with and worked with and, you know, really dove into. I, I like to consult in person, uh, uh, hands-on, not, you know, here's five hours of phone calls and stuff like that. I'm a deep, you know, roll up your sleeves kind of guy. And what I found in all these, in, in a lot of these businesses is the, the lack of understanding the importance of the little victory. What's a little victory? It's a sort of a celebration of accomplishment on your way to that main goal, that big goal in the sky. What people don't understand is sometimes those little victories, in fact, always, the little victories are more important than reaching the big victory at the end. Why? Because those little victories will allow you time to see what is working. And they might even shift you creatively away from that main goal in the first place. Because if you're looking at the little victories and able to repeat them on kind of an ongoing basis, you'll find an amazing creative potential of, um, of realizing your value for your customers, your clients, um, and even your staff. Another thing that I really like out of the book and, and I think it's very important is the value of making mistakes. So Josh, again, I've seen this out in the business. I've done it myself on my own uh, companies. I've had staff have struggled, you know, really, really struggled with this one. But basically, you got to make mistakes in order to get better. And we as leaders, you and I, you run your company, I do too. We have to make it better on our staff so that they understand that their mistakes are okay. And it's incredibly difficult because usually mistakes kind of set us back or we miss a deadline or we, you know, screw something up, customers unhappy, whatever the delivery is that gets, you know, um, hampered by this, you know, it's a hard thing to deal with. So making mistakes and allowing for ideas to come out of mistakes is incredibly, incredibly um, important and something that we need to consistently be aware of. The third thing that you can do today today listening to this podcast and you want to be more creative is to start thinking about character. Now, I know it's not popular to talk about character and, and sort of the DNA of who people are, but sometimes in order to thrive in hard times like we have today, you need to be yourself. You need to be yourself. When we look at problems creatively, no two people will ever look at the same problem in the same way. The way, Josh, that you solve your problems creatively and the way that I solve my problems creatively will never be the same. Why? Because creativity is found deep within us, like we talked about earlier. It's who we are as children and it kind of makes up um, our, our the building blocks of who we are. And as we approach those problems, using character and being yourself are able to give you the tools, techniques, and the um, methodology to solve problems. I believe, and you know, this is something that I get a lot, is that every creative tool, every one of them in my book is free. And there's no machines to buy, there's no equipment, there's no staff you need to do. Everything in there is free. Why is it free? Because creativity relies on you understanding who you are and allowing the ideas that you have that are trying to get out constantly to thrive. And it's, it's about you unlocking the ideas within yourself that will help you with your product or service and your business. 
Yeah, I love that. And all three of those were awesome. I do really love that last one because, you know, I, I think it's one of those things everybody quote unquote knows, right? But nobody truly understands how to apply it. Yeah. Uh, there was a guy recently, um, he also has a podcast and he was talking about this. So I just personifying your uh, your third point there, but he he had been to prison for five years and he started one of the, the best podcasts in our space, in the entrepreneurship space. And he's like, he showed a picture of himself in a suit and then a picture of himself, how he typically <laughs> is. And he's basically in like a tank top. He's got, he's all tattooed up and everything. And his suit was trying to cover all that up. Right. And he directly tracked and showed, he's like, when I was wearing my suit, zero results. But then he, he started being himself. And a lot of people think that means they have to have some, I guess, wild persona. But like myself, I'm a pretty average guy, right? Right. People love- I, I wouldn't, I'd, I'd argue with average guy there, John. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm not here like with our podcast. We don't edit out my ums, my ahs, your ums. because right. And people love that because we're, it's we're real. being ourselves. It's our character. It's showing who we truly are where it's like, I'm not going to tell you I'm the guy, right? I'm not Tony Robbins. You know? Right. <laughs> Maybe Neither one day, right? But yeah. I, I can be the person who says, here are the people that you should reach out to, right? If you're if you're needing something, I'm not the guy, but I'll point you in the direction of the right guy. Yeah. Yeah, right. I gotta be careful there. <laughs> but uh I love that. And Nir, thanks so much for coming on and sharing those things. So where can people get access to the book? I know it's available for pre-order right now, but it launches um August fourth, right? Yes. Yes. It's been a pleasure. I really appreciate you having me. The questions have been great. I'm a big fan of the show. I've been, um, the last episode with the, uh, with the English lady on marketing was, was great. I mean, it's just like you turn that on and then in 15 minutes, you're smarter. I mean, what more can you ask for? I am really, so hats off to you, man. Um, the book's available on Amazon, on Barnes and Noble, anywhere you like to buy books, all the independent stores. It's uh, available now. And if any of this sounds good to you, we're trying to make the Wall Street Journal journal bestseller list. And so it's weird, but bestseller lists happen when books are in pre-release, not after they're released. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. This is my first book. Um, but if any of this sounds good to you, please pick up a copy. You get it in August. Um, on August 4th, it'll ship. Uh, and I think you'll enjoy it. And, and I hope that you get a lot of value from it. Well, and everybody, make sure you go order that. So the book's called The Creator Mindset. Make sure you go pre-order that before August 4th. You know, even if you're not interested in it, which I doubt at this point, I'm pretty sure everybody's interested in it. But even if you're not, go support Nair. He's an awesome guy. What he's doing is really incredible. And make sure you're pre-ordering that book. And if you're seeing, listening to this after August 4th, make sure you go and purchase the book as well. Um, but Nair, you know, before we sign off, what's your final parting piece of guidance that you give to everybody? If they could get one thing out of this interview, what would it be? My final piece of advice is for you to fight what comes naturally. We are natural creatures of relaxing and taking it easy and kind of complacent human beings. Why? Because when we were early man and early woman, you know, we'd come across a kill or whatnot and we'd hunker down for months if there was enough meat and there was enough water and there was enough, you know, berries and stuff like that, we'd hunker down for months. Here we are in the you know, realm of modernity doing the same damn thing. And it just doesn't work anymore. Please fight what come naturally and start to become creative in your approach to growth. I love that. What an awesome way to end it. Well, Nir, thanks so much for coming on the show today, man. We'll catch you later. 
Thank you, sir. Very, very much appreciated. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Lucky Titan podcast. If you want to fill your favorite platform with dream customers, then come join myself and thousands of others of hosts at theluckytitan.com slash tribe. Here you can find guests for your show, get featured on other shows, and discover the secrets to building an audience of raving fans. So once again, go create your free account at theluckytitan.com slash tribe.